Now it's time for Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West's. Their downtown location now open for lunch. Head West Subs. At 712, last night's Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole, about an hour and 45 minutes. Chairwoman Kristen DeCenso kept the train on time and a lot of important conversation had last night. Uh, we're going to hear from the uh, virtually the entire uh, Springfield City Council. Uh, but first, let's hear from the treasurer to get a update on where the city's finances are. What kind of uh, what kind of numbers we seen in that bank account, Treasurer Busher? The corporate fund in the month of August had a beginning balance of forty two million twenty five thousand fifty seven dollars. We took in total receipts of eleven million two hundred ninety eight thousand four hundred seventeen dollars. We had total disbursements in the month of August of seven million eight hundred ninety seven thousand two hundred eighty six dollars which left the corporate fund with an ending balance of $45,426,188. Chair DeCenso, the portion of that ending balance that is ARPA money, American Rescue Plan, is $15,202,007 for your total this month. Thank you, Chair DeCenso. That concludes my report. Wow. So uh, they have dipped into the federal funds a little bit. As you heard, the ARPA funds, the American Rescue Plan Act funds, and the city's getting about $34 million. Uh, the first payment was the $17 million, and they're going to get like another $17 million. So uh, I believe they dipped into that a little uh, to plug the, uh, the budget cut that was done on the Springfield Fire Department. Uh, but they're going to be talking a little bit later on in the meeting about what to do with the rest of that money. Because that's tens of millions of dollars over two years that the city of Springfield's getting. Uh, what can it be used for? Infrastructure, sewers, broadband. Uh, but, uh, of course, there's going to be priorities that aldermen have for a variety of things. So we'll, we'll hear a, a little bit of conversation about that later on. Uh, but first, let's talk about fire and the fire department looking to get some new uh, fire homes for the trucks and for the firefighters to hang out in and have as their base and their operation, you know. New fire stations. What's this all going to look like? Here's Chief Blow. Uh, before introducing Greg Garner and Ray, Ray Mangan from Arch, Im Arch Images, uh, the company that you're considering for the ordinance that's been presented, I'd like to address some of the questions that were voted on, that we were voting on, and that were uh, voiced a couple weeks ago. And one of the questions is really just why? Why now? Why, why are we looking at uh, bringing about 10 new firehouses uh, in the city of Springfield? Uh, all three studies uh, that we've had since 1999, uh, 22 years, recognized a gap in coverage for certain areas of the city. Uh, the southwest and northwest corridors uh, were consistently discussed. Station 6 was discussed in Chief Riney's study only. Um, that was due to the fact that the rail uh, project had not occurred uh, until after the first two studies were done. A new station to the southwest would not require any additional apparatus nor personnel, and the city already own, owns the property. And as we have established, it's a place that we have a hard time getting too fast enough sometimes. Uh, moving station six at Ninth and Ash and station eight at Monroe and Chatham Road uh, are necessary due to changes in either infrastructures in the case of station six or traffic pattern changes in, this, in the case of station eight. 
Uh, we're also looking at moving station 10 off of the fairgrounds, uh, which would provide better coverage of the recently expanded Northeast uh, commercial district. Um, all, all of this will assist us in modernizing the fire department, allowing for better distribution of resources that we already have uh, to provide some improved response times to the, all the people that we serve. So that's kind of a synopsis of what they're looking at doing here uh, and getting better response times for Springfield Fire Department, uh, getting where they need to go uh, to respond to emergencies. So to do that, they brought on an engineering firm that they hope the city approves, and they had representatives from that firm, an architectural firm there, uh, presenting uh, some of the, the reasons why they're the right choice for this job. Uh, good evening, everyone. My name is Greg Garner. I'm principal owner with Arc Images Architects, and with me tonight is our associate, my associate, Roy Mangan. And, uh, we they outline some of the things that uh, they're looking at doing here um, when it comes to fire departments and uh, the different types of classifications that there are and the uh, work that's involved in all of this. They are all different. I put a variety up here. There are not two alike. And um, even within uh, a district where we've done, let's say for Kirkwood, Missouri, four houses, they're all distinct because they all have different contexts, different neighborhoods they're in, different sizes, different needs. So we're gonna, we're gonna take our experience and overlay it for you and design the houses that you need for the next 40 years. And they're all uh, different, different requirements, costs, budgets associated with them, different construction types, different delivery methods. So the other guy there with him, Roy, he talked about uh, some specifics that firehouses have. In a firehouse situation, you have a what we call a hot zone, uh, a, a warm zone, and a cold zone. And in those areas, we need to make sure that the operations of the firemen, when they come back from an event, are able to get to what we call the hot zone so they can de decontaminate a lot of their gear and their personnel to keep the carcinogens and stuff in place before they go in their living quarters. But isn't just uh, a firehouse four walls in a garage? Structurally, these are essential services buildings. They have special codes and mandates and protocols that we have to meet. So we're constantly looking at the criteria as it comes out. Systems for our mechanical, electrical, plumbing are different than other buildings that have to be. The technology that we use at a firehouse is essential to their response times. So it's a balancing of all those systems and it's a balancing with the budget and generating value for every dollar you're spending. So a lot of different things need to be considered when it comes to developing, engineering, uh, and uh, building firehouses. Uh, and while they said, you know, each each one of these firehouses is going to be unique because each neighborhood it's going to go in has different needs or, you know, they want to be good neighbors. Um, but each firehouse is also going to be uh, just about the same. So that if a fire person leaves one station, goes to the next, they can work there just as easily as where they came from. There's a lot of efficiency that we've got to work with in the design of the houses. So it's not just, uh, you know, the, the firehouse is going to look aesthetically different. It's going to have to have some of the same tools and some of the same uh, types of uh, uh, resources and technology within the firehouse. Uh, we'll hear from a, a slew of aldermen uh, when it comes to some of their concerns as to what this ultimately is going to mean for their districts, for their wards, uh, and how the plan is going to play out over time. So 
Back with the Council Roundup on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. And we're hearing from an architectural firm laying out what they want to do for the city of Springfield, and that's design 10 firehouses with uh, some new locations for some of them. These are going to be modern, state-of-the-art firehouses with all the amenities that are needed. But, of course, aldermen have questions. Alderman Jim Donilon laying out some questions he's heard publicly and from constituents who hear about how much money the city of Springfield is going to be spending on new firehouses. You know, one of the figures that constantly has been thrown around for years is new house is going to cost $3 million. And then I've talked to constituents and they'll say, wait a second, let's think about this. If you put up a, and, and they oversimplify it, I might add, sure. but if you put up a, a $400,000 house and attach a, uh, a Morton shed with you know three huge bays and uh, doors on each side. That doesn't equal three million dollars. Yeah, you know, just put up four walls in a garage. There you go. That's 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 all you need. Um, but uh, Greg from uh, Arc Images, uh, he he responded to that question. I actually welcome that question from the community. Um, first off, these are not normal buildings. Um, the last thing that any of us want is during an event, a crisis event, uh, what do we want? We want help. And these buildings are essential services building which is defined in the national code to meet certain limitations. One of the questions we're asked a lot, well, isn't it just a big house? Well, I don't know, can your house withstand an F5 tornado? <laughs> That's a fair point. You uh, you want your fire station to not get blown over by an F5 tornado, so that's why uh, it's going to cost a little bit more than maybe your typical house, unless you're willing to build a house that can withstand the the um, the the wind speeds of the big bad wolf. You know, little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by a hair on my chinny chin chin. So you got to have these firehouses uh, ready to withstand that type of uh, destruction uh, because everybody anticipates that, uh, you know, these first responders are going to be able to show up. Can it, can it withstand uh, an earthquake of a certain size? These buildings need to survive because they're the ones that come to help us. Yeah, I think that's a, a point that's definitely heard pretty crystal clear. Uh, Ralph Hanauer, Alderman Ward 10, has questions about uh, coverage uh, in this plan. Does this plan include a firehouse for the southwest side? On the on the the map that I put up to start, yes, we we are looking at the Spalding Orchard and Route Four site that the city has owned for a number of years. All right. Thank you. So Alderman uh, Roy Williams, though he uh, he responded to the question about uh, Ward Ten getting some coverage on the southwest side of Springfield. Well, these ain't the same area and the same folks that don't want to be annexed into the city. Can somebody answer that or tell me um, if it's the same area or are we going to be servicing them? Or Because when they came and said they did not want to be in the city, uh, they got Chatham, that's their fire department, and this, then I'm going to question what are we doing here with this particular site on the map. So that's uh, Alderman Williams having some concerns about maybe providing fire services for those who aren't annexed into the city. Uh, but uh, Alderwoman DeCenso, chair of last night's Committee of the Whole, uh, trying to bring the conversation back 
to focus on the firehouses, in particular the cost and the design. We've already had this well, conversation Well, it's the Spalding Orchard uh, we already Station. Had, we've already had this conversation once. This is well, the second well, time. Well, this is it. about this fire station. We're not, we talking, about talked annexing. About it. We're not talking about annexing properties Yeah, I'm right talking now. about the fire station, though. So okay. we are on topic. Not really. Because Alderman Hanauer. Alderman Hanauer. Well, I'm not, my, my only point is, is that we have neighborhoods that have been out there for a long time that do not get serviced by the city of Springfield in a timely manner. And that's a big concern that he has. Uh, Alderman Redpath uh, chiming in as well here in a bit, but more from Alderman Hanauer. It only has to do with the people that are currently out there okay. that have been living out there for years that have not gotten good service. I'm not saying good service, but <laughs> as fast a service as what the other, ten, other nine wards get. And we've got some wards that have more fire stations that, that could hit a house in three minutes than than I have out there that, that it takes eight or nine, and it's just not right. Yeah, it's a, that's a big problem. Uh, I would imagine a lot of people, uh, especially in some of those newer subdivisions, they want to have uh, equity in fire coverage, right? I mean, equity is a big buzzword, but they want to make sure that uh, their neighborhoods receive the same types of fire response that some other areas of town may receive. Here's Alderman Redpath. We have a problem. I'm not really keen on this idea because it's a lot of money, but I'm going to vote for it because I, I can tell you that we can't afford to leave Ward 6 un, uncovered because that firehouse now is blocked in. So we have to go around all the way, I don't know where they come from, Chief, maybe Stevenson or something to cover Ward that area. Also. So we have a responsibility to get this thing moving now. Uh, not happy about the money, and I'm not sure how really we're going to pay for it. I, I, I know we're going to have to come up with something, but not happy about it. But we have a responsibility to move on this, and uh, I think we need to do that. Alderman Donlin? Yeah, I, how do we pay for it? Um, and how much is it really going to cost? We're talking, what, uh, $30-plus million or something like that? Uh, so we'll see, of course, all this play out. And the timeline of it, too, it's going to take a while. You know, months and months and months of architectural design, months of... Uh, uh, surveying months of uh, planning and constructing could take a year to construct, if not more. So a lot of a uh, lot of moving pieces here uh, for bringing about new fire stations all across the city. Uh, here's Alderman Sean Gregory. It seems to be an abnormal amount of fires with old structures and things uh, in the older neighborhoods, six, two, three, and some of our older um, um, neighborhoods. So I just, you know, want to want to reiterate that definitely don't don't touch number five on Martha the Kid. But um, you know, I, I, I am excited to 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 see some uh, coverage in some different areas and us being able to get out. So I appreciate you. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to remove coverage from uh, some of the, uh, the the core of the city. Uh, they just really need to be able to. To, uh, get it out to some other areas on the outskirts of the city. Here's Alderman Joe McMiniman uh, working in kind of an ancillary, but yet when you're talking about funding, it's an important issue. Especially in light of the fact that the Chatham Fire District cost structure when it comes to paying salaries is about uh, 30 percent more cost effective than our own pay and salary structure for our own fire department. I hate to say that, but it's a truth statement. And uh, if we can do an intergovernmental agreement with Chatham that preserves some cost savings for city, city of Springfield, I think we should take that in, into consideration at least. 
And McMiniman making one last point here. There's a reluctance to spend $10 million for new firehouses until we get some force structure modernization among our rank and file and particularly the supervisors of Springfield Fire Department. So uh, that's hard to balance those two goals. Yeah, it's not an easy conversation to have. You know, we can uh, we can have nicer things if we didn't pay certain individuals so much. I think is kind of a roundabout way that he's uh, he's trying to uh, express uh, you know, the the cost of the city's fire department compared to our neighbors just to the south. Uh, let alone the cost to you know, all of the voluntary fire departments that there are all around the area. Uh, and those volunteer fire departments, uh, wow, uh, incredible. Uh, my community's got one, and I can't uh, I can't tell you enough uh, how busy they are uh, <laughs> driving around in South Sangamon County, uh, answering calls, and uh, my hat's off to those uh, volunteer firefighters. Uh, thumbs up. All right, uh, got to take a break. Come back. Other issues brought up yesterday at the Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole. What to do with with all the federal tax money that the city got and COVID relief, we're talking 30 plus million dollars on the table. We got the first tranche of it, and right now there's about 15 million of it left. Back with the Council Roundup, it's the WMAY Morning News Feed, keeping you plugged in to what happens at the Springfield City Council. At 7.42, the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. So we heard a lot of questions about new firehouses being planned for the city of Springfield, where they're going to be located, how much it's going to cost, how long it's going to take. Uh, so we may see that advance at City Hall. Uh, and uh, still, even after they vote on an ordinance to have an architectural design firm, come in and do that work they still gotta you know get the contracts for construction and that takes time and the shovel ready projects still uh, still a, a, a bit off but uh, we'll keep you posted on all that meanwhile you've got uh, some discussion here about uh, how to spend COVID-19 relief dollars and it started after Clerk Lesko read off one of the ordinances up for consideration at last night's Committee of the Whole. Furnish reconstruction of Hilltop Road including extension of oh, multi-use no. path. No, no, I'm sorry. There, there, we'll get to that ordinance here in a moment. This was a, a moment of levity, I guess. Um, Hilltop Road has been a, a focus of Alderman Redpath for quite some time. I can't tell you how many meetings back to back to back to back. He's always like, we need to do something about Hilltop Road. So uh, something's happening with Hilltop Road. Check it out. Furnished reconstruction of Hilltop Road, including extension of multi-use path from Destiny Drive to Rochester Road for an amount not to exceed $2,168,037 for the Office of Public Works. Move for consent. Second. Is this like a round of applause for Hilltop? Hey, I'll believe it when I see it. All right, all right. So we have a motion for consent and a second. All, all those in favor? Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. He's getting, he's getting, it's going to go on consent agenda. So uh, Alderman Redpath going to get some work done on Hilltop Road. He's been talking about that for, gosh, probably even before. He, probably, I think that was probably one of the things he ran on. I'm going to change Hilltop Road. I'm going to get some money. 
Just joking. Um, meanwhile, the conversation now uh, shifts to how to spend federal tax dollars the city got. And this stemmed from an ordinance that was going to give a portion of that to public works because of the lack of uh, parking meter money that's been coming in. Because since the pandemic began, we really haven't had to plug the meters downtown. Uh, so that's a lost uh, amount of lost revenue uh, because it's not just the meters, it's the tickets that are generated from uh, meters that uh, are expired and you're still parking in them and whatnot. So it, it spurred on the conversation about what exactly is going to happen with this $34 million that the city is getting from federal taxpayers. Here's Alderwoman Conley. We the council have not had a chance to really sit down together. Um, and I know Alderman Redpath made a very, um, very good suggestion that we sit down together and kind of have a coordinated plan for how this one-time influx of money, federal funds, is going to be used. So I would prefer, if we could at this time, hold these these ARPA appropriation requests in committee until we as a council can have that conversation, make sure we're not spending this money down in, in kind of fits and starts, and, and we're all on the same page. So Public Works Director Nate Bottom uh, talked about how they, they've got some plans and they're putting together some proposals, and actually we'll hear a lot more about that next week. Yeah, and I was planning on doing a presentation next Tuesday night to discuss that. Um, we need approximately, and coming with $6 million worth of sewer rehabilitation lining projects, as well as approximately $6 million worth of road rehabilitation projects um, throughout throughout the various wards. So that'd be like $12 million worth, uh, and that's uh, that's a lot of work above and beyond what the city had previously planned before all those federal tax dollars were freed up. Uh, but more uh, about uh, the COVID money, and uh, here's Nate Bottom talking about how they, they, they do have to replace some of the lost revenue from not having the parking meters. Well, definitely the revenue uh, replacement for the, the division, that's going to help that. Um, we're, we're not making the revenue and getting the amount of tickets um, in the motor vehicle parking, so that's what this ordinance is for. However, uh, with that being said, um, the new improvements that we'll be doing, um, th there are still the DCO funds and various funds that we're planning on doing those projects that are separate. However, um, this helps modernize some of those roads that, that we've wanted to do, as well as uh, rehabilitate some of the sewers. Is it necessarily revenue that was lost? No, but it's an infrastructure that needs to be upgraded and is in, in dire need to be relined. Yes, it is. Alderman McMiniman chiming in here on this uh, issue. If this is money to pay operational needs within your division because we've approved a budget to spend a certain amount of money on meter maids and other types of people, and now we don't have the money for that, I mean, then that creates an immediate need for these funds. But I don't know if we're in that situation or not. You have I, I think the proper term is meter readers. Uh, Alderwoman Connolly pointed that out. Uh, <laughs> not meter maids. It's like, uh, I, I, as somebody who is in the food service industry as a server, it frustrated me when people said, where's my waitress? Like, I'm like, well, first off, I'm a waiter, and why don't we just keep it completely gender neutral and just call it server, all right? Uh, but yeah, it, uh, meter reader, I think, is, is probably more... <laughs> More appropriate. Uh, Alderman Redpath chiming in. It's important that we, we distribute this money where we all get a portion of it that we can use. And if they want to take a certain portion of it and pay parking meters, whatever ward that benefits, that should come out of their cut. That's the way I feel. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> 
wow. Uh, so yeah, a lot of money's at stake here. Uh, Alderman Redpath saying that uh, you know if we're going to plug in the money for the the meters uh, from the federal tax dollars, then that should come out of the portion of the meters that were impacted in the wards that were impacted. So Alderman Redpath doesn't have any meters in his ward, so why should? His ward's share of these federal dollars be impacted by that. Interesting point. Um, but uh, others were asking about more details about what the plans are. Nate Bottom with Public Works said, hey, I'll meet with you individually and we'll have these conversations. But uh, some, you know, not necessarily wanting to have a whole bunch of meetings stacked on top of meetings. We're working off our capital improvement plan that our engineers and our professionals developed, um, but the, and that's what that's what we were going to propose. But obviously, it's ultimately up to the up to the council um, for the decision. But we were just doing it based upon the, the, the engineering and. Does the, the capital the improvement need, plan or anything include Ward One? It does. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Man, Alderman Redpath is a, he is a tireless fighter for Ward One. Wow, um, nonstop, just. Uh, Looking for those capital improvement plans. Uh, but Alderwoman Connolly said, you know, it's nice that uh, Public Works Director Bottom is willing to meet with individual aldermen to lay out the plans, but really, that should be something done out in the open. I really believe this conversation needs to be had op in an open meeting and not on top of all the other, I mean, on top of another very full agenda that we generally have. Can I just ask if there's interest in that? I would be interested in seeing the plan first before it goes out to, you know, before we Question. see, before you present to us next week, I would like to see the plan so then we can decide, you know, what needs to be done going forward. Yeah. And, and it is a conceptual plan. It's not, it's not set in stone. It's <laughs> okay. more so, go ahead. Yeah. As previously mentioned, we would present the plan before the budget, which uh, would be in the month of October. So he's ultimately saying that That'll be the opportunity for having it uh, out in the public. I still think that you know, all the women Connolly's got a point. Why not just go ahead and let's let's have these conversations? Maybe set aside a separate meeting altogether to really delve into it because that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. We're talking thirty plus million dollars over two years, above and beyond what the city typically gets uh, and budgeted for, uh, and that money's going to be used for a whole host of things. Uh, but more from Mayor Jim Langfelder last night. Uh, the ARPA funds are for economic recovery, so all I encourage each and every person to do. Drive around Springfield, judge for yourself the areas that need the most help. Amen. I agree with That's that. Right. Um, <laughs> Why don't we do the, uh, rah, 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 you know, people slamming on desks and stuff whenever somebody makes a good point. Rah, yeah, rah, rah. I'd like to hear that. Um, but this this works, right? I mean, it's it's close enough. <laughs> All the men are like, yeah, I agree with that. Yes, yes, yes. The areas that need the most help. All right. Uh, one last little bit here. Alderman Williams uh, talking about uh, federal funds and how important it is that everybody's on the same page. They're requesting this timeline of the road work and the dates and times that these roads were done. That's the only way to do it fair. Yeah. Then we'll all know who has the aging or who, how long it's been. Instead of each of us meeting individually, I do like the open meeting with all of us with your department maybe and, and go over roads and, and, and how we're going to spend infrastructure money. Sure. And, and I'm going like to be doing a presentation next week to discuss some of the roads and well, how we it has them and everything dates. along those I, I lines. Mean, so. I hope it has dates. 
Yeah, I wish I could have dates. Um, unfortunately, we don't have all the records back back 60 years, unfortunately. Um, we're moving forward. We're entering that data in. We're trying to get it all built into CityWorks, our new asset management system. So we'll hear a lot more about this next week. Also yesterday, they talked about uh, speed around school zones and maybe putting up some radar systems tell people how fast they're going if they're speeding and uh the issue of tent city was also brought up last night from the illinois department of transportation that's your uh, that's your council roundup all right right here on the wmay morning news feed brought to you by head west subs when you want a great sub you've got to head west head west subs their downtown location now open for lunch